Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Well, praise the Lord, guys. Tonight, I've really been feeling this in my heart. Keeping my thoughts from going out of control. My God in heaven. Look at Psalms 94, 19. Psalms 94, 19. Listen to this. We've been talking about overwhelming situations are going to come. But God called me and you to be overcomers of the overwhelming. Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the soothing comfort of your presence calmed me down and overwhelmed me with delight. Man, we've been talking about pausing in God's presence. Isn't that so good? Listen to this. Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, right? My thoughts and your thoughts could sometimes seem like they're out of control. It's so noisy in between my ears sometimes of everything speaking to me. You know, I remember, I never forget Brother Hagin telling a story um, of preaching the gospel way back in the day. You know, he'd be driving through Texas in the middle of the night because his car, he said, my car was a junk, a piece of junk. And he said, <laughs> he said, he didn't have no air conditioning in them cars. And it was so hot, be like middle of the night, be almost 90 degrees. And, and he said, man, he said, I was preaching prosperity and we were, we were hurting. And, and he said, the tires on my car were so bad. It sounded like they started, they started singing a hymn. Seemed like the front tire starts singing, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, he's thinking, I got all these financial pressures. I got this ministry pressure. I got family pressure. My kids weren't fed right, he was saying. My clothes weren't right for the kids. Got my kids inadequately fed. And he said, I'd be driving through the middle of Texas in the middle of the night, and it would sound like the tire started singing like a processional. They start, one tire, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the other one, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He said, by the time I was driving, all four of them were screaming, what are you going to do? And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach the gospel, amen. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar, right? Like sometimes it sounds like everything, everything is speaking to you from an unseen realm, but boy, it sure sounds real in my ears, doesn't it? I was, I'll never forget that. It sounds like, where's these imaginary voices coming from, amen? Where's this, where'd that come from? You ever just kind of sit there sometimes and go, my God in heaven, where'd that come from? Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the soothing comfort of your presence were pausing in God's presence. That's what we said, right? God told Job, pause in my presence, Job. Might not look great, but I promise you I got a way out. Calm me down and overwhelm me with delight. Isn't that good? I could be overwhelmed with delight while the enemy's trying to overwhelm me with fear. I can be overwhelmed with delight even though the enemy's trying to overwhelm me with the circumstances. I can be overwhelmed with delight even though the enemy is trying his best to overwhelm me with the pressures and cares of the world. Man, this is good. Look at Romans 12 and 2 because I think this is important. We put it in the NLT Reads a little bit more um, transparent. And I, I, y'all know what it says in the King James. I've been quoting this for a decade to you guys, right? It says, be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But look what it says here in the NLT. It says, do not be 
conform to the pattern of this world, but let, but let God transform you into a new person. I like that. Into a new person by changing the way you think. So, so kind of think about this. For me, I like that. Don't you see that right there? Be changed into a new person. Transformation into the new person comes because of how you're thinking right now. Oh, you see that? Don't be conformed to the pattern in this world. So guys, right away, you're not going to think like your friends think, okay? You're probably not going to think like Aunt Mary thinks. You're not going to think like, you know, Uncle Joe thinks. You've got to think a different kind of thinking if you're in the church. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How's God going to transform me and you into a new person? Well, that was when we were talking about 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. By divine promises, by the divine nature, changing, transforming, changing the way you think. You put those promises in you. You put that word in you. You put that ability. It changes the person of who you are. So the only way for you and me to achieve and receive lasting change is by applying the word of God. I want you to write that down. By applying the word of God, we are guaranteed lasting change. Nothing is going to change until me and you apply the word of God. And something might change for a moment by natural stuff, but I promise you this. If you want lasting, lifelong change, you have to have life changing material. It's the word of God. And the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. What's that mean? It has, and James says, the word of God has the power within it to graft itself to you, to graft itself to you so that you can be what? So you can save your soul or you can transform. This is in the soul. Romans 12, one and two is in the soul. Your spirit's perfect. Your soul is what needs to be saved. You engraft the word of God. You know, it's funny. I told you this that Sunday. I was in one of these stores one day, you know, and they got these trees. Like, these trees are weird, you know. They got, like, oranges and lemons on the same tree. You ever see these things? It's crazy. I'm like, I've never seen this thing before, you know, and I'm like, I'm thinking, like, what in the world? How do you get an or- a tr- same tree, got oranges on one side and lemons all over? It's weird. And you go, oh, and then I thought of it. I'm thinking, Oh, you know what they probably do? They engraft, they engraft. You know, you ever see that? Like they cut it, they put the stick in, they tape it up. Next thing you know, the other tree grafts itself, and now they have these hybrid trees. You see this even like with cars, right? It's got electric power and gas power, and they kind of like use one and the other. You know what I mean? Well, guess what? It's the same thing with the word of God. It, it, It engrafts itself to you. So what it does is you are who you are, but you want to change the image and nature of who you are, you got to get the substance that can change you or you have to engraft yourself with a word of transformation. That's the word of God. It's alive. You see that? So if you're going to get lasting, lifelong change, you got to engraft that word. James says the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. So what you kind of do is you put that word in you, like that tree, if you, cut a, if you cut a notch in a tree, you put that stick in there, that new branch will grow because it's been grafted. You tape it to it, 
and now it's like it becomes one with the tree. And he got these trees. I was like, got app, it's got oranges and it had oranges and lemons on it. I was like, how in the world did you do that? One of them had oranges and limes. That's what it was. It's lime, citrus like stuff. I'm going, how in the world did you do this? You could see it. They engrafted it. So you might be having my thinking shot out. I got fear-filled thoughts. I got thoughts that I don't even want to repeat. I got thoughts that are on. I got to take new word thoughts and put them in me. And gra- as they engraft these thoughts in me, they will transform me. See how that works? But here's the thing, guys. You have to trust the process of the word of God for transformation. Is that okay? Because you're probably going to try to do it on your own or use natural means to change. You can't do it. It doesn't work. You got to be able to use the word. Now, you better sit on that for a minute because I know that seems like, well, I know what I got to do. No, I'm being serious. You have to say it and, 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 and kind of like almost um, receive it, ingest it, repeat it, receive it, ingest it, repeat it, and just kind of greater is he. That's, you see what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, the word of God has the anointing within it to produce of itself. The divine nature of God is in his word. So if you put the word on your stuff, your stuff has to, it has to succumb to it. It'll, it'll fix it. You see what I'm saying? So you got to start doing this because this is the only way to get lasting change if you really want lasting change. So don't be conformed. Why, why do I got to manage my mind? Well, because really the fall of man messed man up, Okay. So your mind has to be managed. God never wanted us to live in this, this turmoil that we're in, but you got to manage your mind now because if you don't manage your mind, <sighs> promise you this, it ain't going to be good. You have to manage your mind. You know, a lot of people want to, you know, daydream and go, no, you got to manage your mind because your mind will take you to some places you don't need to go by yourself. Thoughts control the quality of your life. Write that down. Thoughts control the quality of your life. The quality of a person's life is based on their thinking. Because you, you could be living in a palace and be miserable. I've seen people with more money than you would even think of. I'm serious. Like, just that they got everything. They could buy whatever they want, but their mental place isn't right. So you think, like, well, if you got all this money, you'd be happy. It's not about happy because of money. Just hear me. But it was like their mental frame wasn't right. So they couldn't even enjoy the life that they're living. I've seen people broke as broke can be, got more joy than people with millions of dollars. Why? Because it's not outward circumstances that determine the quality of your life. It's the inward revelation and the inward peace. Because, like, people just want peace, man. I don't, I, if I got peace, I'm just happy. I don't need, there's nothing wrong with stuff, but you know what I'm saying? The system of the world says, well, if you got this, this is, you know, the white picket fence, the beautiful house, the this, that, and the other thing, and now you've achieved the great dream of peace and happiness. I know people got all that stuff and they're miserable, okay? So, and then you think like the other side of the shoe is, you know, the shoe on the other foot is, oh my God, if you're living in this and you should be miserable because your situation is so bad. I know people probably starving got more more, more of a quality of mind life than people there. You see what I'm saying? So wait a minute. Stop outward exterior 
thing stuff, all this stuff, is not the key to quality of life. It's internal thinking and believing. Because Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful how you think. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? We know that one, right? Proverbs 23. But look what Proverbs 4 says. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Amen? I like that. I got the TV. That's the King James up there. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I like it. It's great. But how about this? Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Man, that's powerful, ain't it? My life is shaped by my thoughts. And I remember I read it to you the other day. I don't remember. I think it was last Wednesday. Remember we said, they think they're, we think we're grasshoppers. I said it Sunday. We think we're grasshoppers. And the Bible says in Numbers, they saw them like grasshoppers. They, did they ever project it? It never came out of their mouth. But the enemy saw on the outside the inward picture they had on the inside. So you don't think the image of how you see yourself is important? The image of how you see yourself on the inside is the image you project on the outside. It's like an unwritten law. You didn't even say anything. But it's in this realm of the spirit realm that you are really, uh, what did it say? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's a law. Why? Because you got to remember something here, guys. Write this down. Because my thoughts control the quality of my life. We got to make sure we guard them. Why is that? Because my mind is the battleground for sin to reign or service to God. That's what you got to realize. This is what happens here, because my mind is the battleground for sin if it's going to reign, in my, meaning like if sin's going to rule me and, and, and push me and, and push me forward into things I don't want to do, or it's going to be my service to God. I'm going to you keep my mind right, and then I'm going to walk right, talk right. Because this is Romans 7, 22 and 23. I got it in the Living Bible. I like the way it reads, but I'm going to read it in the King James, and then I'm going to read it in the Living Bible, okay? Look what it says. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See that? But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Did you see that? Now, listen, I'm going to read it in the Living Bible. I want you to, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. I love to do God's will. As far as my new nature is, the new me, the Christ in me, that part, I love to do God's will. But I see something. But there is something else deep within me that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin within me. In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. Did you get that? In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. Man, you better pull that in. Did you get that? In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself enslaved. Why is that? Because the war of my mind, the mind thinking, is either going to keep me connected to a life full of sin, or it's going to keep me connected to a life full of peace following after God. That is the decision-making. Now, I like to say this. We have the mind of Christ. With our mind, we have intellect, reasoning, natural circumstances, situation. We have to override that stuff with our spirit. Really important. But watch this. 
Why is it so important to keep track of my thoughts? Because it's the key to peace and happiness. If I'm going to have peace and I'm going to have happiness, it's not going to be because of outward circumstances. It's going to become relevant to me on an inward identification. Peace is not because you ride roller coasters every day and eat ice cream. Happiness is not because everything works out great in life. Happy, you know, you know, it's funny. Have you ever, has anything ever gone like totally wacky and you start like, you know, the other day we were at the house and like, man, <laughs> I was, I was tired. I was done. You know what I mean? I was just like, all right. I just, it was a long, it was Sunday and it was a long day and it was just like, you know, let's just chill now. It's like seven o'clock. We've been going from 630 in the morning. It was, I don't know, it was like there. And all of a sudden somebody puts the salsa the big, huge salsa, I think it was Pastor Liz, she sinned and fallen short of the glory. She just shoves it in the thing where I don't know where she thought it was going to stay by, like, the revelation of Jesus. So I just open the door to open the door, and all of a sudden, the salsa thing falls. And while it's falling, I go, shouldn't be a big deal. Plastic container, no big deal. Hits just perfectly right, and this whole tub of salsa is now dripping out of the out of, literally out of the refrigerator onto the beautiful white floor and going everywhere. And I'm going, I don't believe this just happened. So instead of me keeping peaceful thoughts, I had rage-filled thoughts for a minute. Like, why did you think this was going to be smart? What, are we, what is this? So after we're in there, and then other times... That was not a good, I did not, this is not like a, a, a this story does not end good. <laughs> this is not where I tell you, well, my spirituality kicked in and I used my mind thinking in a very positive way and was calm. No, I went off the rail. Like what would make anybody, I didn't know who did it then, but I found out later she was the sinner. And I, I was like, what, what, who thinks this is okay to just shove this thing in there? What did you think was going to happen? I'm opening a thing, it falls. I'm like ready to chill out. Now I gotta, we got this mess. Who did this? I've literally other times in life Seen something disastrously fall apart. Like I literally one time, I think a gallon of milk like exploded all over the place. You know, like one of those house moments, you know? And literally looked at it and laughed so hard, everybody kind of like, like was like, this is not funny. You know, like when people get mad at you for not reacting the way they're reacting, you know, like I was freaking out about the salsa and everybody's like, well, just calm down. It's not that big a deal. And then you become the, it's not that big a deal guy when they want to flip out and now you're the jerk, right? Like, why do you think that's funny? This is not funny. Milk all over the place. You're going to stink the house up. I'm like, what are we going to do? <laughs> Can't cry over spilt milk. You know, ha, <laughs> You know, you got the jokes now. But no, it's all about perspective. You see what I'm saying? It's going to take time to clean up the salsa. It's going to take time to clean up the milk. It's going to take a lot of paper towels and a little bit of effort. It's going to be get a mop, get some more. It's going to be the same amount of work, but you can either laugh and rejoice about it or you can be miserable and hate the whole process. Now, I am not telling you I've mastered this by any means, but what I'm saying is, was it really the outward circumstance or was it really the inward position? It was the inward position. I wanted to freak out when the salsa fell because I was done. I didn't want to be bothered anymore. When the milk fell, I was in a good spot. 
You see what I'm saying? So really, life's coming at you. It's not about what life's bringing. It's where are you at internally about what life's bringing. It's your thinking. It's your thinking, guys. So what am I thinking? If I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I worked hard all day. It's been tough. I'm tired. I'll just go chill out. I'm going to watch the game, just chill or something. Boom. Oh, my God. Ah. No. Or I could just like, yeah, you're tired. But it's kind of funny. It's kind of hilarious that, you know, somebody would think this would work. You know what I mean? But it's all about perspective, but it's really all about an inward thinking process. It's going to be okay. We can clean it up. It's not going to be as bad as we think. Everything is always the worst when you first see it or hear it. After you think about it, you can handle it. Because you got to remember this. Guarding your mind, keeping your thoughts, not being overwhelmed in your thinking is a key to peace and happiness. It's a key. Um, this is really good. Romans 8, 6 in the NLT reads kind of awesome. And it's, it's kind of like, so, so, so letting your sinful nature control your mind. Now, we understand that sinful nature, and I want you to understand this. That sinful nature has been annihilated, but I like the way it says, because when I say sinful nature, I don't read it sinful nature alive in me. I like to say it's an unrenewed mind. Does that make sense? Because we know Jesus annihilated that sinful nature. He nailed it to a cross. It's done. So let's just say this. Let's just say your unrenewed mind controls your mind. Controls you. It's an unrenewed mind. That's what he said in Romans. Control your mind. What? Your mind leads you to death. But if you let the Holy Spirit control your mind, there's life and peace. Isn't that good? But letting the Spirit or the Holy Spirit control your mind, there's life and peace. So if I allow my unrenewed mind to go forward, it's connecting me to death. Because death isn't in us no more. Life's in us. Now, we could choose to connect to death with our mouth and our thinking, but life's in us now. And the life was the life. And the light was the life. And the light was the life and the life of man. So now I got to make some, I got to make some choices in life. And so do you. I got to make some daily choices in life to manage my mind. You might say, Pastor Chris, this is going to be hard for me. Well, we're going to give you some tools to help you manage your mind. We're going to give you some daily decisions that you're going to have to make entering into each and every day that I am going to manage my mind at another level than maybe I ever have before. So my mind management tools are gonna to be number one, the number one mind management tool is this, I am gonna to have to keep my mind fed and filled with the truth. I am gonna to have to keep my mind, mind managing tool number one, I am gonna to have to keep my mind fed and fueled with the truth I got to feed my mind the truth of God. Amen? Mind managing tool number one. I have to keep my mind. I must fill my mind and fuel my mind with truth. I got to feed on the truth. Look what it says in Matthew 4 and 4 in the NLT. People need more than bread for the life. They must feed on every word of God. 
Man, oh man, oh man. But Jesus told them, no, no, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Amen. But what? They must feed on the word of God. But every word that comes out of the mouth of God, right? People need more than bread for life. They must feed on every word of God. That's what he's saying. He said, you got to feed on it. You got to eat it. You got to put it in you. You got. You have to sustain your life. Why does Jesus say the word of God is like bread? Because I mean, you know, you got to you got to feed your body food. You got to feed your spirit spirit food. You know, Wigglesworth said this. Smith Wigglesworth said, you know, you give your you fill your body three times a day. You know, you give your you give your body th- you know three meals a day at least. Some of you eating eight times a day. Come on, somebody, right? Right. You feed your body three times a day food, and you give your spirit a snack. You know what I mean? I gave my spirit two scriptures. I gave my body 18 Oreos. Come on, somebody. You got to stop that. You got to give your spirit, man, a little bit more food. Some of you, some of you are skinny in spirit. <laughs> you got to fatten up your spirit, man. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's like, Pastor Chris, don't say that. It's true. You do. You don't want to have a skinny spirit. Amen? Don't have a skinny spirit. Amen? That's pretty funny. I think that's funny. How's your spiritual condition? Is it skinny? Come on. Put on a little weight. Let's go. Spiritual weight. You know what I mean? You got to eat the spiritual food. You got to put some scriptures in you. Watch this. Look what Psalms 119, 147 says. NLT. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help, and I put my hope in your words. Did you get that? I rise up early. What's he saying? He said, I feel up. I feel up. Yeah, I think about your word all day long. Look at Psalm 119, 97. Lord, look at this one. Lord, how I love your word. I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. And I love this one, Psalm 16, 7. This is a good one, too. It says, even in the darkest of night, your teachings fill me. Woo. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel, my reins also instruct me in the night season. Now, I got, the, I got a different translation. The CV says this, even in the darkness or, or even in the darkest of night, your teachings fill my mind. So he's saying, when I can't see and it seems dark, I seem overwhelmed. You know what I use? I fill my mind with the word of God. Woo, I keep my mind on your decrees. Psalm 119.95. You like that one? Psalm 119.95. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. Man, oh man, oh man. Ain't that good? They trying to hide and get me. I'm going to walk right through the midst of this mess. Because I'm keeping my mind stayed on him. He will keep him in perfect peace who keeps his mind stayed on him. Okay, so here's point, another daily reminder. What is, my, what is my daily tools to managing my mind? Number two, I gave you number one. Remember what number one was? You got to feed your mind the truth and fuel your mind with the truth. Number two is this. I must free my mind from all negative, non-life-giving, destructive thoughts. I must free my mind from all negative Non-life-giving. If there ain't life connected to it, you ain't allowed to think about it. Destructive thoughts. Every single one of them. Okay? Now you're going to say, Pastor Chris, that might be laborious. Well, guess what? It's a whole lot better putting the work in 
and guarding your mind than how to fight the battles of the, of the opposite of the enemy already getting in there and causing turmoil. What would be easier for me to do? You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. You know, I was thinking about this, right? You know, sometimes um, you're, you're like, you're like, you know, you think about something. Like if there was a rat running around outside your house, that's not really that big of a problem. But if there's a rat running around inside your house, how many of you know a little bit more meditating you got to do there? <laughs> I think of the craziest things, right? Isn't that funny, though? But you think about it like, oh, that's cool. Look at the skunk. He's outside the house. Yay. Ooh, he stinks. Yeah, you shut your door. You're like, praise the Lord. I don't care. But if that skunk got in your house, that's the greatest way I want you to look at it. You'll never forget this analogy another day of your life, okay? If you, if you had a skunk walking outside your house, say you come home tonight and you see a skunk, you see a skunk walking around your neighborhood. You're like, oh, look at that skunk. You'd be like, man, oh, man, that thing stinks, right? But here's the question. If that skunk snuck in your house before you did and got in there, man, how many know that's a whole other story? What's worse to deal with, the skunk outside the house or the skunk in the house? So that's what I'm saying with your thoughts. You're like, it's too much work trying to keep them thoughts out of there. It's too much pain to let them get in. Don't let them in. Don't let them in, man, because once you let them in, now I got to deal with it. You know what I mean? Leave the thing outside. If it stays outside and it's not, lock the door, lock the window. That thing ain't getting in here. Man, if it's in the house, whoo, that's a mess. This is your house. Your body's a house. Science stuff's trying to come in your house. Don't let it in there. Jesus said, don't let the enemy in there. The enemy of your mind, there's a lot of them. One of them is this. An unrenewed mind is dangerous. Because it doesn't know who it is. And if it doesn't know who it is, it doesn't really know what to believe. And if it doesn't know what to believe, it doesn't know what to do. So the actions of an unrenewed mind are dangerous because it is not grounded by the word of God. It's just open to any influence. So one of the things I want you to see is this. Um, you know, we looked at that Romans 7.23. I see in my body a principle at war with the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin that dwells inside of me. Um, we got it there. I see another power that is within me warring against my mind. We have to learn that we have to renew our mind because one of the things is this, an unrenewed mind will allow any negative thought to take influence and an unrenewed mind doesn't know what to accept and reject. An unrenewed mind doesn't have a standard of, of what is truth, so therefore it adapts to anything it hears and tries to filter whether it should take ownership. It's a non-governing mind, an unrenewed mind. A renewed mind has a set of rules that has already been established that when false accusations or lies try to come in, a renewed mind goes, that's not acceptable here. That it it kind of like, it, it's almost like, it, it almost processes it, and then it gets rid of it. You know what I mean? So it doesn't allow, it. but an unrenewed mind, it doesn't know. So it goes, oh, maybe that's who we are. Oh, maybe that's what we're supposed to have. Oh, maybe that's what we're supposed to do. Oh, maybe that's what we're supposed to think. It's not safe. So until my mind starts becoming renewed, it doesn't know how to spit out the counterfeits. 
You know, you ever go to a store and you go shopping and you give them money and they put it in that machine and like it shoots it out, it shoots it out, it goes through this machine and if it's good, it comes out the other side and if not, the light goes off. You got to have that, you got to have that counterfeit in your head. Hey, can I, you got to take that thought. Can I take it? Can I, can I, can I take it? If not, you got to get rid of it. An unrenewed mind is unsafe because it doesn't know where to find truth, it doesn't know where to establish truth, and it doesn't know what to accept as the truth. So the process of renewing the mind might be a little bit of work, but it's a safe, sure guard way for your future to be perfectly set. Because once you have a renewed mind, you know what not to accept. And that makes you stronger in the future because why? No, I'm not going to believe that. Because once we start getting into thoughts being processed, now we start seeing faith being released. So now it's like if you grab it and take ownership of it, now we start empowering it through beliefs. That's why the enemy is working overtime with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. He just wants wrong pictures to get in your mind so the projection of your faith can produce what seems to be almost um, just your, your, your downfall, but you're doing it to yourself because he got the wrong picture in front of you. So you got to make sure you really start governing that realm of the arena of the mind. You have to renew it. Um, one of the greatest tools the enemy used, Satan uses it himself. You know, that's 2 Corinthians 2.11, man. You know, don't be ignorant of the devices. Listen, Satan should get at what? An advantage for not ignorant of his device. This is how this is how he does it. You got he's got all these thoughts, ideas, suggestions, lies, untruths, um, partial truths or partial lies. So you got to be really careful that you're not allowing thoughts to mind deal and sit in here and almost get empowered by your faith to affect your future even though Jesus said it's not even who you are and you're not even connected to this life anymore because you're in Christ. Man, that will help you. Because here's another thing too. I got to overcome an unrenewed mind. I got to overcome the enemy. And I got to overcome the voices of the circumstances. And I'm going to tell you why. The, the, one of the biggest enemies, I think, is the circumstances that have a voice. And, and, and you can't see it. It's like Peter. Remember, he sank... How you see the wind. Remember we talked about, you don't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. You don't see the wind. You see the effect. If the wind was blowing 100 miles an hour right here, we would not physically see the wind. Like if I went, you see that? You don't see that. You don't see that. You hear it, though. You heard the effects of the wind. Come on. Right? If, 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 if we put something in, if, right now, if the wind was blowing 100 miles an hour, I'd be grabbing on. Because wow, like, you would see the effects of the wind. That's the same thing with thoughts. They have a, they have a, um, a tangibility of na natural stuff, and you got to be careful. Because we understand that this is the only thing that the enemy has. So the voice of the circumstances. So you say, what do you mean the voice of the circumstances? Just like those car tires. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Remember? What are you like, where is these things coming from? Where are these ideas? Guys, where are these ideas coming from? And I like to say this. You and me have never had an original thought a day in our life. It, I, I like to just simplify it. It came from God or it came from the devil. 
It comes from life. It comes from death. It comes from blessing. It comes from cursing. Let's just cut it down. If we're involved a little bit, so be it. But we got to understand, is this God or not? And then, you know, some of it's kind of tough to navigate because you got to find the word. Some of it is conditional, meaning this, that I don't know what job to take. I don't know where's these ideas coming from. I don't know this. Well, you're going to have to sit on some things. Some things are identified easy through the word of God. Other things you get through being led through by the spirit of God. Does that make sense? That's why God gave you the spirit and the word. The word of God is plain and simple. Bless them that curse you. Forgive them. Give it shall be. You see that? That's easy. We see that. That's easy. But like, you know, who, where do I go work? Where do I go to church? Who do I marry? Where do I invest? Where do I do? See what I'm saying? All these things are questions, man. They're not like, you don't open the Bible and go, oh, Pastor Chris 863 says, do this. No, you got to be led by the Spirit. So I walk in the Word because the Word of God is simple. I have light. The Bible says the Word of God is a light into my feet. It's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Come on, I got that a little backwards, right? Come on, so give me illumination. But the things I don't have illumination, I need revelation. If the word of God has brought light to it, right? Oh, I know what it is. It's right there. But now I need, oh, I got revelation on one side. I got illumination from the word. So the word of God is showing me and revelation is taking me, okay? Revelation is taking me and the word of God is showing me. Show me where I'm at. Show me where I can do it. Now, Revelation is taking me into somewhere else. So that's where I'm being led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8, 14, Romans 8, 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So this is big, man. Big, big. Because you have to press against these thoughts because the battle's for your head. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3. You know this one. Though we live in the world, right, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't warfare in this thing. As the world does. The weapons of our fight or fight we are not of this world. So it says there. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power to demolish, demolish strongholds. We demolish any argument and every pretense that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Here's the big one. Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Man, and I like this. Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So that means, man, if these thoughts are not obedient, you got to make them obey. So are you disciplining your thoughts? Write that down. Are you disciplining your thoughts or are your thoughts disciplining you? Big question. What do you mean discipline? Are those thoughts hitting you so hard that they're correcting you and, and just almost hurting you? You know, because they're like so, no, you have to take captive. That means they're, what do you, who do you take captive? You know what I mean? You ever think of that? Like, you captive fugitives. You know what I mean? These are rogue thoughts. You're not allowed to. They're not allowed to be in your atmosphere. They're not even allowed to be around you, let alone should they even be in you. Okay? Look at this. So what's this stronghold business? It's just a lie you believe in. That's all it is. It's not real deep. It's just a lie that it's become a, it's become a fortress in your head because it's, like, it's kind of like a lie that you believe. You know, um, I think it's really important that you focus where you need to focus and you, you, you kind of make up your mind that you're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. 
Um, you know, keeping your mind clear is so important. If you want to give this one, Psalm 111, 112, it's really good. Um, a stronghold is just a lie that people believe. Psalm 119, 112 is, is, is really strong because it says, look at it, this is, I have inclined mine heart to perform the statues always, even unto the end, right? What's that mean? He's like, I made up my mind to obey your laws forever. So just stay in the place of being obedient to the word of God. Big thing is this, um, you got to focus your mind on the right things. This is what I'm going to leave you with. Here's the takeaway. I got to focus my mind. I must make my mind focus on the right things, okay? Because it's going to come in. It's going to come in all over the place. It's coming from every area. Focus on the right thing, amen? Let's have God-centered focus. What does God-centered focus mean? Well, I put God first. What's God's word say? What did God say? What does his word say? What is going on? You know, ain't that good? Like, what did God say? Think about Jesus. Think about his example. Think about what love would do. You ask yourself simple questions. Would love say this to you? Would love this think this of me? One of the big things is think about Jesus would say, but how about this one? Think about others. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about this. I just want you to think about this. Think about others, what they would say. Now, watch this. Are you talking about how I speak to other people? No, I want you to do this. Would I ever tell you the lies that you're believing about yourself in your head? Probably not. Nobody would talk to you at this level. Your parents wouldn't tell you, oh, you know, you're a loser. You're never going to amount to nothing. Some of you had parents like that. They should have been, you know, slapped. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get you like, we got to start looking like Jesus would never say this to me. I wouldn't even say this to other people. Oh, you know, hey, hey uh, you know, can you imagine somebody, hey, Pastor Chris, let's pray and let's believe God, you know, for my, for my will. But, ah, no, yeah, I'll pray. Hey, God, uh, we know Johnny's a loser, and, and Johnny pretty much loses at everything he does in life. And, you know, the word of God probably won't come to pass for Johnny because he's pretty much not really going to amount to anything in life. And, you know, Johnny's just, you know, basically he's a reject. And, God, I know you made some rejects, and Johnny's probably one of the rejects that you made. So, since your word doesn't work for him and he's a reject and nothing really works out good for him, he's pretty much doomed for the rest of his life. So God, just let Johnny just kind of float off in the abyss and have a great, whatever, well, he can't even have a great anything because he's pretty much a loser. Nobody talks like this. You see what I'm saying? I know that's an over-exaggeration, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, who, who would even dare speak the things you're hearing in your head that really cared about you? And guys, I know the things you hear are real. I'm not lightening what you're hearing. But think about the word. Think about the God you serve. Think about the people that do really care about you. You know, sometimes you ever do this, you know, sometimes I do this with the kids, you know, when they're really in a, you know, it's so funny what I said before about the milk. You know, it's so funny that when you're not in the right frame of mind, you can't even really hear good words about you, you know? Sometimes I know, like, when the kids, you know, when the, the world's all falling apart, you know, a little bit, they're like, you know, Dad, you know, we have a bad game or something. It's like, everything stinks. Everything doesn't stink. Or, you know, something's not working right. And we do this as adults. We're just big babies anyway, right? We go, nothing's good for me. Now, let's just pause in his presence. Let's get some really good thoughts. And let's know this. My outward circumstances aren't determining who I am. It's my inward revelation 
of who I think I am that's creating the outside circumstances that I'm letting affect me. My inward sight of who I am is determining the way I think. So today, as we're in this thing, I want you to know that the power of God can meet you right where you're at. He can help you clear your thinking up. He can help you clear up a lot of things in life. But you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to surrender. I think that's one of the greatest things we could do. You know, Jesus said, not mine will be done, but your will be done in my life. And once we start taking our own ideas, who are you? I'm going to say something. This is going to be a little bit wild, but I want you to say, who are you to say something different than what Jesus said about you? How dare I or you? See, God created me. And if I got the wrong image, that's on me. But he gave me a book to find out who I really am. And the minute I start doing it, don't get mad at me if I elevate myself to the place he gave me. But also, too, remember this. Don't demote what God has placed on you. God says you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. God doesn't speak to you like that. God said, my thoughts towards you are good. My ways are perfect. Today, as you embrace that and know that this is your day for a brand new beginning, your thoughts are going to change. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for every single thing that you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for moving supernaturally in their midst. I thank you for the freedom that's coming their way. I thank you for the anointing that's blessing them. And I thank you, Lord, you're changing their thoughts. I thank you, Lord, you're touching their life. I thank you, Lord, that the oppression's leaving their life. I thank you that the breakthrough's coming from them. And, Lord, most of all, I thank you that you're moving. You're moving supernaturally. Father, we love you. I know it's not easy, but you're going to be faithful to them. Touch them right there where they're at. Bless their life. Transform their life. And let them, let them know that they got peace. Depression's in their future. And they're going to see everything God has for them. They're going to see the goodness of God. And they're going to see the greatness of what God made them to be. Today, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. I love you. Can't wait to be with you. Don't forget, share it. It's not too late. Keep sharing it. We get testimonies months after stuff's been released. It's really cool what God is doing. I love you. I appreciate you. It's an honor to pastor you and be a partner with you in God's global vision for the earth. I'm excited about where we're at, and I'm excited where we're going. We love you, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.